which are really cool. There's 12 models, and I'm doing them in a very nice, easy style. Uh, completely, here's a tie-in for the current painting competition that we've got going on. So two colors, black and white. And realistically, if I sat down and really tried hard, I could probably whack the team out in about two nights. Of the 12 models, I've done one, and I've done the first stage on the other 11, and I've done the second stage on one of those 11. And then there's another six stages after that. So at the, at the current rate, I should be finished by Feb. <laughs> 23? Um, yeah. It's Look, just... the hobby mejo, oh. it, it, it ebbs, it flows, it, it, it comes, it goes, it giveth, it taketh away. Um, yeah, it's, and I feel like with everything going on with, you know, work and life and where what are we allowed to do, what aren't we allowed to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had a few conversations with people saying it's actually more stressful to navigate at the moment than when we're in full lockdown because at least when we were in full lockdown, I knew what I was allowed to do. What exactly. I was supposed to do, and right now I just feel like every everything I do is a judgment call, and it's a really poorly informed judgment call. Yes, um, totally agree. And I, I had the same conversation with HR this morning. I was like, "How?" And I literally said, "How anal are we supposed to be?" You know, because I've got symptoms; they could mean anything. Yeah. I could just not have had enough caffeine today or... I might not have slept properly or whatever the case may be. So... Yeah, I wake I'm, up I'm every single that. morning and go, am I old or are these symptoms? <laughs> I mean, it could little be A little from column A, a little from column yeah. B. Yeah. Which one is it? Am I mildly dehydrated or do I have COVID? Like, it, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, these yeah, are no, the I things we deal with. But the, what it all that stuff does really take away from the hobby excitement and the ability to sit down and just focus and, and enjoy that. So I get it. Mm. It's it's rough. I've, I've had two nights this week where I've pretty much been in bed by 8.30, 9 o'clock. Fuck, I should do that. I feel like I'd feel so much better for it. He says it's 8 so. o'clock going at <laughs> 9 o'clock. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen tonight. Um, <laughs> not today, and, and with Rainbow Six being released sometime soon it's not going to happen tomorrow either for me i do like rainbows i do like rainbows and i like sixes and i like nines i like them together in a rainbow six kind of way anywho so like literally that's that's all the hobby i've done it's it's been a little bit more on the purchasing side than it has been on the hobby side all right well let's let's dive right into that then so what have you spent? Well, I have uh, pre-ordered, let's say. I have not spent, spent. I have pre-ordered. So I've been mucking around a little bit with the idea of Dungeon Bowl teams. Yes. I put together the College of Shadows. So I have, thanks to you, with coming to the aid of some little goblin linemen, I have a full... Under, uh, College of Shadows team undercoded, ready to go. And I was thinking, well, that's not going to be enough. I don't like Correct. limiting myself to one. So which one grabbed me next? It was the College of 
death for some reason. <sighs> so, so the million dollar question is because you backed a undead Kickstarter, a necro team. That's right. Okay, so yes. it's a necro team. It's a necro so- team. So the, there are ghouls in that. There are, I mean, werewolves, but they don't count for this. Um, <gasps> they would count for beasts, though. Yes, just yes. saying. So if I do split up the necro team, then that's that aspect of beasts covered as well. So I was thinking that the golems, the two golems that came in that necro team are just amazing models. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of leaning towards that, and I kind of like the the shambling undead that GW have put out. So mm-hmm. I did pre-order those through our good friend uh, Richard. About throw of the dice, you may have heard of them. You may have listened to a certain podcast where we chatted ad nauseum about the Nerd Fairy. And <laughs> while I was there, I also pre-ordered the the new Nurgle dice, which are coming out because for some reason, when they first originally came out, I didn't get them. That I'm sorry. Who are you? I don't know what is what is going on here. Nurgle. I, I won't stand for dice. this. Why aren't they mine? So now that they're being re-released, and I think they look better. Absolutely will be. They're brighter, if anything. Mm. I think I think that's what I was playing around with last time. I think last time they came out and they were a little bit too close to another set that I already had. So I think that's what swayed me against them last time. Well, they fixed that. Yeah, yeah. Good old GW. Uh, and then the other thing, which I have technically pre-ordered, although technically doesn't exist yet, but will exist early Feb, is the new Zombicide version. Marvel Zombies. So you pulled the trigger. Yeah, look, I have put myself down as a backer for the base set. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it's going to last before I pull the plug and upgrade to the... Uh, Expand expansion? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the base set, you play as pretty much the Avengers as zombies. Yes. So why do I want to limit myself to just playing as the zombies when I can get the expansion and play as the heroes as well as the zombies? I haven't actually looked into it, and I know they talked about playing as the heroes in the the expansion piece. Mm-hmm. But as f- do you get the stuff in the base set that lets you play as the heroes as well? No, Ooh. that's the thing. Like there was one, and I think I, I saw it was like an update or something which I saw which said X Men expansion required to play as hero. Right. I mean, it, I think it, that wasn't clear from my very brief scanning. Yeah. So, and I think you definitely need to because, I mean, this is a cool meaning or not, a come on uh, Kickstarter. And the, the one thing that they do is an absolute truck ton of Kickstarter exclusive extras that you get. Absolutely. And they, they've been releasing a few here and there. You know, it's only been live for a couple of days, and I think yep. there's like eight or nine of them that have been unlocked, maybe more. But they're bringing out like hero versions and zombie versions of a lot of these characters. Yeah. So if I don't want half of those models to be semi-useless... Well, they would still be available to play as 
you know, bosses if you're the zombie. You'd think so. I would would hope. But do I want to risk that? That's the question. I mean, do you just want the option is the other half of it? And also, like, let's be honest, who am I talking to here? Do you want the X-Men? I know that's the real question. And the answer is yes. That's not a question. That is... (laughs) is. There, so I'm happy about that. The other thing I have pre-ordered too is the um, prize for our last December giveaway. So that should be in my little hot little hands as soon as Throw the Dice opens again. And then we'll pass straight onto into Lockie's hands because he was the patron of the month that won it. He had, uh, because he's a patron, he gets two entries into every giveaway that we do. And it paid off. So, Yeah, because it was the second one that won it. If he only had one, it definitely <laughs> would not have happened. <laughs> True. Let's we totally that. know that. Yeah. Um, but that's me. All right. Well, look, I can I can definitely talk a little bit about this is the time of year that purchases can happen. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of this, uh, look, things happened, mistakes were made, decisions. <laughs> anyhow, look, if we start at the start here, I was in it, throw the dice before it, it shut down temporarily for deep cleaning um and the the interesting the the literally the only thing i picked up at that point in time with some measure of restraint i'll I'll stop for everyone's applause right there um i don't believe you for a second though i was looking at um a few of the different ak diorama effects and terrains effects and stuff that they've got are you going to enter into this competition look maybe um, I'm, I'm not actually sure that what I bought will make it into my entry, but <laughs> anywho, um, so I picked up, I, it was actually really funny. I was, I was looking and they've got all these kind of like sand effects, mm-hmm. which is basically like a, a thick kind of medium thing, um, with color and gravel in it. So it comes out pre-colored, pre-textured and a little bit sculpable. Mm-hmm. sculptable um so you can shape it and stuff um and i'm looking at it and they've got desert sand and this is basically what i was looking at and i looked a little bit further along and they had sandy desert, desert and then sand I looked, and sandy desert there's desert sand there's sandy desert Ooh. and then there was beach sand um and I was trying to work out which one of these sand effects I actually wanted or whether I needed to combine them. Into- anyway, so after much- I don't like sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm going to be getting out. Um, so, look, I literally picked up one of them, Desert Sand, um, and, and giving that a bit of a crack on a couple of bases. Um, I just really like the idea of easy mode, to be honest, yep. some days. Um quick update on that and i will get to that but look it goes on really easy it does it does exactly what it says on the tin it probably doesn't have enough variation in color shade texture all that kind of stuff but i think it will be easy enough to add a little bit of shade a little bit of color variation maybe a bit of a dry brush just to lift it a bit a couple of tufts honestly you could smash that all over a base and call it done if you wanted to so easy to work with does exactly what it says on the tin I think the key would probably be mixing their products and, and combining them, mm-hmm. um, but then you have to buy all of them, and I was trying to them. avoid doing that. I have uh, one of them. Like I got mm-hmm. a one in a Hobby Homies 
comp at some point. Uh, the dark and dry crackle effects. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know how to use it. I tried it once on a bass and it looked like the same as the bass, but a little bit crackly and then just sort of came off in my hands a bit. <laughs> so I've got to play around with it a bit more. Yeah. And technically not open it and just spill it over my show notes, but that's fine. Continue. <laughs> um, oh, look, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of the snow ones that I actually really rate. Um, it looks like ice magic on my hands. Anyway, go on. How good is ice magic? Um, anyway, so that was that was step one, aka Desert Sand. Um, in the world of uh, 3D printing, um, and this will maybe, maybe if I get around to it, come up in a Patreon piece, um, the article that I'm, I'm putting together at the moment, um, that may or may never see the light of day. Uh, so historically, you know, bit of, bit of background, way back when, my old man was heavy into the, the old horror, you know, your Boris Karloffs, mm-hmm. you're that kind of, you know, your old Dracula's, Wolfman's, um, all that kind of stuff. And he used to have a lot of the old vinyl statues kicking around that he'd painted and all that kind of stuff. And he was kind of the one that first got me into the hobby, albeit with, you know, model aeroplanes and that kind of shit. Either way, his birthday coming up. And I saw on one of my good friends, Adam, who runs uh, Adra Labs, um, at his place, he had this 3D print of an old school classic Wolfman mm-hmm. um, sitting there. And I, I asked him about it. He goes, yeah, yeah, I've, you know, it was a free file. And I went, I think I would like one of those. So currently I have on my painting desk currently primed, and that's about as far as I've got, um, a rather large Wolfman. And when I say rather large, rather large in the scale of miniature games. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so he's, he's probably, yeah, he, he, look, he's probably three space Marines tall because um, that is the, the standard unit of measure. Um, but um, so that is currently on, on the table as project number one that I'm trying to get done before dad's birthday in February. Mm-hmm. Um, so pick that up from, from Adam, which was super cool. Um, and a couple of friends pitched in and picked me up a voucher for my birthday in December. And so I went a little bit silly on that. Um, and I didn't go silly cause they gave me the cash. So I just spent it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I may have splurged a little bit more on the scale 75 artist paints. So I bought look several. Uh, for look another 10 12 or so of them um some ak streaking gum uh it turns out my so my favorite brushes are the Raphael 8404s um I swear by them they're, they're amazing um but it turns out Raphael do other styles of brush so i discovered it at an 8408 and i'm like i need to find out what the difference is so we bought one of these That's obviously four well it turns out that it's kind of a longer, finer, thinner bristle. The, the other ones are kind of a little bit fatter and short. Anyway, we'll see. I think it could be good for, for detail and stuff. But I'm like, I des- definitely need to, to try that. So shit ton of paints and a brush and some streak and grime later. There goes 150 bucks. <laughs> wow. In paint. Um, and then I had to show them what I'd bought and hope that they weren't disappointed because none of them are actual nerds. So, so it- they don't know... They had no idea how much anything costs. Um, That's cool. 
other stuff that happened, actually, here's the other thing that I got caught. This was a separate occasion at Throw the Dice, so I still did show restraint the first time. The second time, not so much. I had uh, look. It's still. I'm still only buying one thing at a time. I'm. I'm. I'm maintaining some level of control. Um, I'd been talking to Rich about different paint ranges and stuff for a mm. while, and things I wanted to try, and ones I hadn't, and all that kind of stuff. Because I'm a bit of a sucker for trying out different things, um, and different hobby supplies and paints and all that kind of shit. And I'd heard good things about the AK third gen acrylic paint line just their standard everyday paints um and much to my excitement and chagrin all in one um now he got some of the the ak paint sets in so i did pick up the what was the night creatures paint set because they all come in these funky little boxes so there's like a a non-metallic metal gold and a silver like one, and then there's a, a skin tones, and there's a, a you know they reds and a greens and all that kind of stuff. The the night creatures was cool. It kind of comes with a, a black or white, this kind of dead skinny bony color, and a, a couple of sort of purpley reds. Mm-hmm. So some difference. Uh, there is a magenta. Does that count? I mean, it's pretty pink. If I if I pull that out. Like it's, it is. It's possible. It is. It is possibly pink. Um, so I've been having a little bit of a play with them and just seeing what they are like and whether I like them because eventually a pot of paint here will run out and I need to make a decision about whether I'm going to replace it with exactly the same pot of paint it was or whether I'm mm. going to start shuffling. So I mean, I've got a lot of Vallejo game and model color. Um, in my collection, which I rate, but as they kind of wear out, dry out, get used, all that stuff, the question is, is will I replace it with another Vallejo or will I shift to AK? And they are, it's up there. It's, it's yep. still a decision that needs to be made, um, but turns out reasonably good paint. Um, Decent pricing. Yeah, I think the, so the little sets are like packs of six mm-hmm. and they're 30 bucks. Um, so, you know, five bucks a, for a dropper bottle. Um, yeah, not terrible. Um, and actually really nice to use. They're probably more comparable to Vallejo model color for anyone who has used that. Um, so, and I, I really like the finish. I really like the feel. I really like the way that they thin down and mix and glaze and all that kind of stuff. So, pretty comparable so yeah look they are they are a contender definitely definitely worth a look if you're in the market for paint um and then the other thing that happened at throw the dice and this was not my fault and and no money or sexual favors would change hands but i was having a chat to a couple of the infinity guys val in particular about just cool models and from back in the day and we were talking about the the confrontation the Rackham mm-hmm. confrontation game and just basically how cool those models were. And I was saying that I've got this old, um, I, what I made for a Warhammer 7th edition Ogre Army I made out of confrontation models. And and Val was like, oh, yeah, I've got a whole butt ton I'm never actually going to use. Do, do you want just do you just want one to paint? Because I can totally just give you one to paint. And I'm like, well, if you give me one, I'll, I'll paint it one day eventually. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, no, I'll bring my-. so he literally just, as I was in there, 
he just came over and just handed it to me. And it's this little groovy little um, orc. He's uh, called a warrior of stone. Um, man, the confrontation models. I know they're out of production, and and you know the, I'm I'm waxing lyrical about nostalgia, but having a range of models that were so just unique in their aesthetic. They looked different to everything else out there. They were so very different. Um, and they were so characterful. Uh, I, I massively love the, the old confrontation or the old Rackham models from that whole era. There was just some, there was some super wacky stuff. I'm just um, having a look at them. They're definitely different. Yeah. It, you just, and especially when, I mean, this is the time that GW really did rule the roost um, to all things fantasy. They were just a whole different kettle of fish. Um, they were, you won't see anything like them. So I really enjoy them. They, they're a painter's dream. Um, all old metal. So they're, they're nice and chunky and heavy, but the detail is good. It's nice and crisp and sharp. Um, and it's just. As I said, you, you don't feel like you have to paint an orc the way you you think of a, a traditional fantasy orc because it looks nothing like it. Hmm. Um, so that was super cool and super appreciated, Val. Um, and then the last thing that happened, and this is this is maybe where mistakes were made. I don't know. I'll let you. Um, but I was having a chat to to a friend of mine, you know, about the, my three D printer and what I was doing and what I wanted to do and all this kind of jazz. And he goes, oh, yeah, because he had a, a little resin 3D printer that was actually pretty good. Um, and he goes, yeah, I've got this, but I'm thinking I want to upgrade to a bigger one, basically the same specs, the same quality, but a bigger one, but I can't really afford it. I'd need to sell my current printer to, to afford the upgrade. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean you need to sell? Your, your, like what, what, would you, what do you need to sell it for? And he told me, and now I own a resin <laughs> printer um, is the moral of the story here. Um, so I literally went and picked that up the other day, but um, yeah, I'm still sort of nutting out exactly how to set that up and, and make it go and get all the shit I need and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so I may have bought another 3D printer. Uh, oops. Um the good news is, though, you know how you were trying to stay uh, model neutral? Yes. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. Because, <laughs> I mean, ideally, I mean, the birthday's coming up shortly, so that might screw me a little bit. But if I get these corn guys on, done, then I'll be in the positives. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> if I if I never look in the mailbox, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, look, I've still got to actually work out how to make it go. It it is sat on my in my garage for a little bit, um, while I I sort of work out what else I need in the way of supplies and you know get the right kind of gloves and and shit just to make sure I don't drink resin or some shit. Um, <laughs> Apparently, you're not supposed to do that, it turns out. Um, but, you know, so there's a little bit of dicking around getting things and whatnot, but we're nearly there and, and we'll fire up soon and, and we'll see if it makes models go. Because I like I like that idea. So that was that's my purchasing. 
Um, that's that is literally the purchase list. And it's now I've gone through it. I kind of feel bad. Because um, the other thing, I am eyeing off Marvel Zombies so hard. Well, I, I, yes. You need a copy if there's a copy down the road. I mean, yeah, then, yes. Well, then <laughs> jump on board. One of us, one of us. That is, it's so dangerous. I mean, we're going to have two copies of of Masters. Would yes. it would it be wrong to have two copies of Marvels? I don't know. I just work here. Um, it is taunting me daily with my little the little updates that it's it's putting out. Um, actual hobby wise, I've done a little bit. I haven't done a massive amount, but I've done a little bit. Um, so we talked a fraction ago or an episode or so ago about me making the foolish decision to take on commissions that I shouldn't take on. Um, but the good news is I'm actually making a little bit of progress. Um, so I've done the first couple of models here and that's what the desert sand was for to give, give that a crack yep. on, on the basis for those. Um, so look, I've nutted out a process. It, it goes together pretty quickly. Um, I, I don't think it, It'll be so. I finished two models. I a couple of them were already started. Okay. Um, so I f- did two from scratch, um, and then two two that have started. I've basically been trying to to work out how best to move it from the way it was being painted to the way that I've decided to paint things. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when you get creative freedom. Um, <laughs> very very similar paint scheme, but I am just going on easy mode um so where things like different armor plates were next to each other were painted different colors i'm like no not today satan all of those are becoming one color um so there's been a little bit of that um but that means i'm I'm sitting at two done two that are actually a fair amount of the way there um there's probably another night's work for the both of them um, between paint drying and stuff. And then, yeah, we're, we're kicking goals with that. So it's actually getting a little bit of progress. How um, many exactly were there in that squad? That's that's a good question. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there's nine left here in the box. Mm-hmm. And there is four on my desk. So, so 13. 13. Okay. Yeah. So not, not the end of the world. And as I said, now I'm sitting at a stage where I feel like I'm I'm a bit of a cross the process. Um, uh, we've got a bit of a workflow. I'm I'm not massively stressed about it. He's not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. I'm going to stop to paint a wolfman for a little bit. But it also means that between things drying and and the kind of steps that you have to let sit for a bit. I've got something that's already primed, that's already ready to go, that you can kind of just bounce between and and kind of tick along at. Yep, keep the and mojo going in it a different direction. so much nicer to do anything like this when it shows up assembled and it shows up primed and I can just literally not, not think, just start laying paint down. Um, so that's kind of cool. So a little bit of work on them, a little bit of work on Wolfman, and the only other real part to that is that I have spent a little bit of time recording some of the the process um, that may or may not ever make it into the ether. But with the idea that 
you know, theoretically we could start releasing a little bit of additional content, um, you know, potentially to, to either Patreons or, or however we work to just add a little bit more there. So I'm slowly working out. I bought, I did buy another webcam. Um, oops. <laughs> um, but hopefully that will get quality to a, a slightly higher standard that I'm happy with. Um, and if I can work out how to make it happen, we might start sort of, you know, especially if it's something I can do while I'm painting. I don't have to actually do much more. Yeah. <laughs> you can just sort of uh, flip a button, talk to yourself. Yeah. yeah, talk while I do it. You know, just talk about what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, you know, give a couple of bits and then and then spit it out. I think that could be a thing that, that could definitely happen. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of time just tweaking that and trying to work out how best to do it and, and organise camera angles and editing and stuff. So, the stuff so far is pretty rough. We'll see if it ever makes the light, sees the light of day, but, you know, we'll, we'll just keep ticking along with that too. Excellent. Well, that's a fair, fair effort, especially when you compare it to what's coming out from this side of the microphone. Um, it is usually in the reverse, so I feel like it's just, you know, the pendulum swings. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. You're, you're very kind to say so anyway. We, I mean, going back a little while, we have also played a game. We did. Yeah. I think we played this before we recorded the episode with Rich too, did we? We did, but then we got distracted with an episode with Rich, so we never talked about it. Yes. Um, But now we're here. Now we're here. So let's talk. Now, this is a game that we have talked about in the past. We had a couple of games, yourself, myself, and Jared. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which we failed miserably at, but we thought we'd give it another go. So we cracked out Marvel United, uh, four-player games this time. So uh, yourself, myself, Alice, and my brother Craig, we thought, well, we're currently sitting at a 0% success rate (laughs) for a co-op game against AI. Let's see how we go here. We got it out one night, and it did not disappoint again it was just such an easy game to set up and to get going she just get going i mean it's super Mm. it's super cruisy and i feel like a lot of the setup time was actually us fighting over or trying to decide or trying to force someone to make a decision about (laughs) what characters and who was doing what and and all that jazz like that you know which bad guy we're going to fight and then there's silence for five minutes where we look at each other awkwardly Okay, you know, you decide. No, you decide. Um, this one looks good, but this one looks good, but this one looks good. There's too many models. Yeah, this and this is you know. It, it's God help us when the X Men one comes in. <sighs> yeah, there'd be even more, but that's fine. Uh, but yes, so so easy. And yeah, Alice played with Jared from memory as well. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, for my brother, he picked it up straight away. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not it, a difficult game. But also, I really like the way that it actually forces you to play cooperatively. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's a really smooth mechanic that just, you know, that whole concept of when I play my card in my turn, I also get actions that you played in your turn before me mm-hmm. means that there's always this element of working out cooperatively what the best moves are and, and how to play it and what you can do to help not just your move, but the next person's. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we ended up, we had three games of that. And by the end of it, 
all three games were won by us, which totally took us by surprise I, because, like I said, yeah. we were sitting on a 0% success rate for the I'm other still games. surprised, yeah. Uh, first up, uh, I mean, you know, I'll just run through it quickly because there's not much too much to tell. If you want to have a bit more about Marvel United, there's an episode way back in the past somewhere. Um, but we played, first up, we played against Rhino. The second up against Kingpin, and then third was Modok. So again, maybe in that yeah, order. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was in that order ish. Um, but I mean, the cool bit and the replay- replayability there is the fact that all of the bad guys have different win mechanics. They've mm-hmm. got different, slightly different ways that they interact with with you with the the game. Um, so it actually does feel like that you're playing against a different bad guy. Yes, um, definitely. Like I remember playing against Carnage last time we played and there was just like heaps of his little symbiote guys hurting us all over the place. Whereas with these guys, we didn't seem to have too many henchmen. I think Kingpin had like Bullseye and someone else. Someone else. Um, but yeah, look, you know, but, we yeah. we played three games. We had fun. Uh, from memory, I think I played Venom in game one. Definitely some sort of Spider Man guy against Rhino, Luke Cage in game two, and then I was tossing up between Punisher and Hawkeye for game three. But having finished the Hawkeye TV series, I went with Hawkeye. Yeah, and then I played first game was Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. against Rhino, um, and then Kingpin sticking with the theme because I felt like it was absolutely necessary. Um, I threw in Iron Fist. Yep. Um, and then uh, Yondu was yes. the, the third one I played. Um, but I, I do think the, the character of choice for the evening went to my brother who pulled out Howard the Duck for one game. Absolutely. And then... It, some of the abilities that that duck had. Yes. <laughs> Damn. Too good. Too so much fun. Good. Oh, the, yeah, the neural disruptor or disintegrator or whatever it was that he's got. Um, super cool. But, and I mean, and this is the joy of the Kickstarter, right, where you've got infinity options because yes. it just came with boxes of, you know, Kickstarter exclusives. So I feel like there's replays for days. Yes, and especially, like I said, when that X-Men one comes in at some point, mm-hmm. there was going to be more and more and more, which is just going to make it more fun. So it's probably a game that's going to be hitting the table a bit more. Yeah, and again, it's a, a really – we got three games in in the Not night long. easily. Yeah, it was easy. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a nice cruisy evening of, of some games after the kids had gone to bed. Um yeah, it didn't, didn't destroy my brain, so he could have kept going if mm-hmm. I was younger and more susceptible to staying awake. Um, but, yeah, again, it's just – and again, I feel like it's the one that you can you can bust out an evening with the family or with, you know, a couple of friends that aren't necessarily hardcore gamers mm. um, and they get to pick their, their favourite characters from whatever movie that they've decided they liked. Um, you can, you know – explain it you can play through it really easy people will catch on and and it actually keeps everyone engaged yeah um so yeah i could see getting a fair old fair old workout mm-hmm. definitely that's it for me for gaming 
I managed to sneak one other one in. Um, and this again before throw the dice was uh, closed for deep clean. Um, and, and the same night that Alice and Lockie were playing their Blood Bowls League game. Mm-hmm. So they were, that was happening on the, the next table, which was pretty cool to see throw down. Um, but Dylan and I went back in just for another casual uh, game of Blood Bowl 7s. Um, he is trying to nut out his Dark Elf team mm-hmm. for uh, what will be next season and probably Thoughtless Bowl. Yep. Quick segue there. Um, and I, so I played the, the Kiss level of the Slime against him last time. He, he wanted to do that and I'm trying to find you know, ways to mix it up for him um, and also keep it interesting for me because I have the attention span of a squirrel on caffeine. Um, so I threw down corn knowing that there'd been a rules update since the last time I played them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I chucked in, in my sevens roster, which I totally remember what it looked like. It was the the big guy, so the Bloodspawn. Yep. Two Bloodseekers, which are now strength four. Mm-hmm. Um, a little corn, corn uh, gore, that's it. And then you fill with linemen to, yeah. to seven and, and off you go. So I think it was three of them and, and happy days. And that's pretty much 600 on the nose. Sounds about right. Um, Dill running Dark Elves again, um, but mixing it up from what I would have expected to see from Dark Elves. Um, so without giving too many hints away, nah, fuck it, I'll tell you what his team was. He doesn't care. <laughs> um, no, nah, he was, because I, I was talking to him, and you know, if if you ask me, you're playing Dark Elves because A, they're elves, and B, which elves. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has disregarded all of that and run, it was three blitzes yeah. and an assassin. Okay. And then Lyman. So um, the assassin is the, the tricky one for me because I've never I've never played Dark Elves per se. But how useful is the assassin? Look, he's actually not a terrible piece. Um, What's for a couple got? of reasons, stab and shadowing. Sh- yes. So on an edge four piece, or you know, effectively a two plus dodging piece, yep. um, you've got someone who can tag ball carriers. Mm-hmm. Really nicely because shadowing, Basically, you know, gives you that extra. It makes it harder. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you start just forcing more dice roll, or it's a threat of more dice rolls. And whilst you know it, it's a hollow dice roll and add your movement, subtract their movement, and all that kind of shit, right? It's the threat that you, mm-hmm. if you dodge away from him, you may have to dodge again, and you may have to dodge again. And there's always this, this, you know, when Blood Bowl is a game about minimizing your dice rolls here's a one that gives you the chance of forcing more opponent dice rolls when you start tagging the ball carrier especially in a game of sevens when there's no re-rolls generally yeah you just need one to go badly and suddenly that that assassin has, has paid off um so i think as a defensive piece he's actually not terrible okay. and then the other thing with him is stab is actually a, a super interesting one for look the 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 tempting thing is to take the biggest nastiest thing on the pitch and try and shank him right but when you're talking an armor 10 piece or an armor 9 piece odds are not that great 
So Stamp pretty much just ignores the block and does an armor roll, correct? Correct. Okay. So your option here is to try and dodge into a cage mm-hmm. and shank a ball carrier with no threat of uphill blocks. Okay. All right. There's a so plan. have all of the supports you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, have all the assists. I'm just going to hope for the armor roll. Um rather than trying to, to negate assists and all that kind of stuff, and especially in an elf team where chances are you're going to end up outnumbered at some point in time. Yep. Um, and because he's still a two-plus dodge, even dodging into a couple of tackle zones, you can kind of mm-hmm. do that with a level of confidence. Um, so I think, look, he's not he's not the piece I would have thought to bring along, but starting to unpack what he brings and how you could use it, I think there's a couple of... Okay. A couple of fun little tricks you could play. And then the blitzers are just flat out solid. Yeah. Um, so probably a certain more useful in, say, sevens. Maybe even more so than elevens, but uh, definitely more than dungeon ball. Yes. Shadowing yes. probably doesn't have as wide a use in dungeon no. ball. I'm, I'm more and more seeing dungeon ball as a real brawl. Mm-hmm. game yep. um with the occasional dodge out and sprint um which i'm i'm down for that's fine yeah. i'm okay with that but look the the thing that you uh it's probably harder to get on him in sevens um because you do, you generally have less control over your advancement mm-hmm. um and there's more chance of him being drafted but if you could get a leap on that little bastard so you can leap into a cage, avoid all your dodges, and okay. then shank. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's an actual practical use for leap rather than the internet meme version. Um, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think there's some, or, you know, if you could get a, a sidestep on mm-hmm. him or something like that, so you can just keep pissing off ball carriers. Um, so, look, as I said, the, the blitzes are solid. The assassin, I think, has some use. Um and I was running corn, and this is the first time I'd run the new corn. Mm. So I have played uh, an eleven season with it with the original sort of corn demons team, um, and I hadn't really thought about the changes. To be honest, um, I went right. Well, I can take a big guy, so that's a mandatory option. We'll just throw him in as a starting point, and then how can I make a team around that? The the blood seekers um, still rock solid. I, I rated them in. In the old team, they, they're still good. They're better by far, actually, in the new one. Um, four strength and, with Frenzy. Yeah. Strength four, armor ten. Throwing four dice at a block to try and get someone yeah. down. That's pretty good. So my my previous 11 season with them, because they were armor ten, I basically gave them guard wherever possible and just threw them into scrums and they Mm -hmm. were my support pieces because they were the hardest ones to take down. Um, Now they're strength four, they're genuine threats by themselves. So it was uh, a a bit of an adjustment there, but they are batshit crazy. The linemen are pretty much the same. That's no real change. The corner gore, no real difference there. Um, The bloodspawn... Look, it takes it takes a little bit of a hit. I mean, I, I fundamentally think that the bloodthirst that they had in the old core demon team was batshit crazy good, mm-hmm. and I fully As endorse. It should be for a bloodthirst. Uh, yeah, 
So I think the rebrand makes sense to, to the Bloodspawn. I think pulling him back a peg actually makes a lot of sense, especially when they've just given the, the Bloodseekers the strength four boost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he lost, and I'm thinking about this out loud. Um, so he's move five, yeah. So the bloodthirst was movement six, strength five with horns. Yep. Um, so he goes down to movement five, strength five, but he loses the horns, mm-hmm. keeps claw, but gains mighty blow. So you basically replace your horns for for mighty blow. So not the worst thing in the world, but yep. having the option of a strength six blitz was batshit crazy good. Um, and the fact that that claw mighty blow is not what it used to be too. Yeah. Means that that on a starting piece is not mm-hmm. what it would have been a no. of rules ago. Uh, apart from that, he loses Juggernaut and he loses Regeneration as well. Okay. Um, Cost-wise, are they around about the same? The Bloodthirster, what was he, 180. So he also went down to 160. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, he's cheaper there. Um bit more realistic especially with sevens yeah. and i mean keeps frenzy keeps loner we swap out wild animal for unchanneled fury which i think is pretty much the same um so it's, it's probably a reasonable change the the corn team with the flat out you know across the board frenzy um with no starting block Mm-mm. i mean flat out every time you roll you roll a lot of blocks, and every time your your, your cheeks pucker a little bit, um, <laughs> and that doesn't change. I suppose sevens makes that a little bit even because you roll just as many blocks, but you ain't got no rerolls. They were very much for me uh, a three reroll team in elevens. Um, so taking the rerolls away from that team when you are throwing so many dice with no block. Um, it's still shit tons of fun, but it is, there's a lot of risk. Um, I really like, especially painting these guys up at the moment. I really want to give them a go. They're, they look super fun. It, it, they feel like a corn team because they are just so goddamn angry, Mm -hmm. whether it goes well or not for them. Um, so I, no, they love it. Um, so super fun. Um, as I said, plays a little bit differently, and I found even just the shift from move six to move five um, for the big guy, an actual, like it was a big, you start having to think about where you can put your cages and how far you can get and all that kind of jazz as well. Um, but ultimately the Bloodseekers are, are the heroes there. As far as the game goes, um, actually I was I was super surprised um, how well, you know, and Dylan has historically played a lot of goblins, yep. um, a, a lot of teams, and, and honestly not taking the game massively seriously. And he, he's kind of just shifted gear a little bit with getting the Dark Elves. He's realized that they can actually do pretty well um, and maybe he should think about it. Um, so he was was really considering how he could pull guys out of position, how he could you know, play what he could do. He was talking about, you know, trying to fake out and shift the ball across the pitch and all mm-hmm. that kind of jazz. And 
my plan A was to remove as many L's from the pitch as physically possible and then worry about scoring, yep. which I feel like was the correct plan still. Um, Definitely. But the moral of the story there is I did not move as ma- remove as many L's as I needed to early on. Um, I think by the end of the game, he had three players on the pitch. Um, but by then, he'd scored twice to my one touchdown. <laughs> And I couldn't make it back. Um, so, you know, who would have thought keeping your head in the game and playing the ball does what it's supposed to do? Um, and he did did really, really well. Um, I mean, elves are still elves. They pull out bullshit stuff. Um, you know, dodging on a two is, is a wonderful thing. Um, and when the dice want to want to play your way, they, they they play your way. I mean, we still had moments of you know failed go for it into to the end zones and all that kind of jazz, and it was it was super cool. That's um, what makes a blood bowl game in the first place. It's like, and, and it's really good to see, like especially with Dylan, because Dylan has always historically been, you know, the guy that you have the most fun playing. Oh, but you know, has never won an awful lot and has never let that hold him back. No, and has never taken it massively seriously. And to be honest, he's still not taking it super seriously. He's just actually playing the game a little bit more than just Mm -hmm. doing the shits and gigs moves. He would Um, would very often do a move for the sake of it being the the shits and gigs move. Knowing full well that there was a better option that he probably should take, Mm. um, you know, and he's just shifted that a little bit. It's still a super fun, super cash game where everyone's having an absolute blast. But as I said, he's just he's just put the foot on the pedal a little bit harder. Um, and uh, look, I reckon he's going to be a, a legit threat next season, running the darkies. It's going to be, be going to be interesting. I'm excited. Um, so anyway, he as I said, outscored the the corn two one. Um, super fun game. Super fun throwing the corn back on the pitch and throwing more blocks than I knew I could. Um, the bloody Bloodspawn hit like a he had a handbag. Um, but he was just, you know, swinging wildly and not doing anything. Um, but the, the rest of the team kind of picked up the slack a bit, which was good. Excellent. Well, that's pretty much it for games. So should we take a break and come back and, and talk other stuff? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. And put your jet in gear. Anything to get you out of here. Gotta go hit that ride to the setting sun. I gotta leave this mess behind. Gotta cruise on the booze. Got a life to find. What you need is then a read on a dotted line. Welcome to the show. I saw it this time. I looked. This is this is crazy. I'm not needed at all here. I'll just I'll be off. Okay, good. It'll be a much better podcast. Great. Yep. Bye. Enjoy. Uh, Okay.
I, I, I'd better be Jace, I suppose. So, uh, um, um, uh, no. And this is why I'm here. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so we have flipped things around a little bit. We have. This episode. Because normally in that, that real early kind of piece about all the shit that we've done that nobody actually cares about, we also talk about the sort of things that we may have consumed from the televisions. Yes. Um, Assuming that people that listen to this and play games are also into a bit of the same sort of pop culture that we're into. This is it. I'm into the same pop culture that I'm into. so I'm a guy I, like me. Yeah. <laughs> see how this works? Um, and in this world of, you know, questionable hobby mojo um, and just generally being tired, uh, I feel like it's, it's one of the things that we've done. So there has been a little bit of watching. And what I will touch on as a starting point is the few things that I, I started and have not since gone back to, and then we'll get into the juicies. Okay. Um, so in my scrollings through through all of the different streaming services I have available. Um, Which are? Saw, yes. What do you have? Current state yeah. is Netflix, mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Yep. Apple. Yep. Binge. Okay. Amazon. Amazon. Yep. That's the other one. That's a, that's a fair chunk. Yeah, I've got, okay. yeah, I've got Netflix, Disney, Amazon, although I never look at Amazon and have access to Stan, but I never look at that either. Yeah. And to be fair, the, the Apple TV one isn't actually my account. And the binge, I think, is still out the free 30-day trial that my wife promises that she will cancel before the end. Um, <laughs> Same with my Amazon account. But Amazon Prime gets you free shipping. So, you I know. know. I know. So I got myself a birthday present delivered for free that I can, when it rocks up, I can give to my wife to wrap and give to me. See, the system works. Yeah. Um, so too many of the streaming services and the the TV that we now have will let you just scroll through everything mm. rather than having to choose streaming service and then... That's pretty good. So it, it literally gives you everything and it will do the related things mm-hmm. regardless of the streaming service. That's pretty um, good. So I was flicking through and as my you know, assorted streaming history led, it went through a whole bunch of sort of, you know, superhero spinoffs and, and whatnot. And I hit Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, see, Cloak and Dagger is one that I've had on my list to watch for a while and have never actually pulled the plug and watched well, it. I was, I, I must have been bored one night because I pulled the plug mm-hmm. um, and I went, look, here's, here's a couple of you know, B-listers I really don't know enough about. Let's find a little bit more about yeah. them. And look, honestly, not terrible. Okay. Um, long episodes. So I think I watched a couple and they were probably mm. hour-long episodes. Um, and at some points they begin to feel a little bit long. Okay. Um, there's a lot of scene setting and things like that. It probably will speed up. I hope it will speed up. Um, but it's also one of those ones I got about two episodes into and went, eh, and I haven't got around to, to going back to since. Are, are you going to let it speed up? That's the question. Yeah, I'm a very impatient individual. Um, so this will come down to legitimately how bored I am one night and whether there's anything that pops up on the feed as a recommended thing before it. Um, so look, 
not not a terrible series, good concept, you know, decent work on the, the background stories, if maybe a little bit too too far, but you know, it just it, it was one of those in the first couple of episodes, you know, where it just didn't quite grab me enough to, to scream I needed to go back to it. Um Fair enough. And speaking of ones that should have absolutely grabbed me and I got about two episodes into and just haven't gone back. So I started Cowboy Bebop and this is the live action. Now, I know two things about Cowboy Bebop. I know that it's based on something, I'm assuming anime. Yep. And I also know that it's been cancelled after one season. Yeah. And look, I got Cowboys and I got Space and I got kind of, you know, Vigilante Justice and I got, well, I didn't get Rocksteady. Um, That was my next question. (laughs) Yeah. And I went, oh, cancelled after one season. This is basically Firefly. Great. Mm. Let's let's sign me the hell up. And look, it's... That's one way of thinking about it. It's not bad. Um, which I have a whole bunch of questions about whether I can support Joss Whedon anymore. Yeah. But um, that's that's a different story for another day. Um, again, not bad. Good concepts, good good casting, everything kind of fits in. And it kind of did everything that said it would do on the tin and I got two episodes in and I am kind of went, oh, yeah, if, if I get around to it, I get around to it. Let's see how bored I am one night and see how far we go. So... I must be a really hard audience at the moment. I don't know whether I just don't. That being said, the other one that that had a very similar treatment, um, and we'll start seeing a theme here. So I also got, and here's another one. I started looking at the cast list. Mm. I, I knew the concept. I knew the. I knew it existed. I started looking back at the cast list. I started realizing that there were at least three seasons of this shit and thought, all right, somebody clearly thinks it's all right. And I kicked off episode one of Season one, Doom Patrol. Mm-mm. It's some weird shit. It is a strange one, isn't it? You keep talking. I'm going to see how how many episodes I got in before I stopped. Yeah. So I mean, I I am currently a whole episode in because again they're long. They like they they bounce around like it's a full hour long episode. Um, and I, I like theoretically, I like the idea of of. B-lister kind of superheroes. I kind of, I kind of dig the underdog story. I kind of dig the flawed characters, but this feels like a lot of, you know, things for the sake of being, mm-hmm. trying to be either shocking or different or just you know, there's a lot of stuff crammed into it. So I got a whole episode in. That was an hour of my life, and I again I didn't dislike it. I literally finished that episode and went, well, that was weird as shit. Um, I don't know if I need more of that. I think my list isn't coming up, but I think I may have even finished the first season. But never went back. And I think Doom Patrol, the guy, some of the guys from Doom Patrol turned up in another series. Titans. Was that Titans? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where they pick up Beast Boy mm-hmm. in Titans. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Out of the Doom Patrol house, and that's kind of where I, I'd known it from, and I kind of you know that that's where I sort of picked it up from. Um, but yeah, I just kind of finished one episode, and they kind of introduced everyone, and you got enough of the backstory that you kind of knew who was who and what was going on ish. Uh, it just. 
Because it's an interesting cast, too, from memory. Well, you've got Brendan Fraser. Yep. You've got Alan... Tudyk. Tudyk. Yep. Um, yeah, what's his name is the old dude? That That's useful information for everybody listening right there. What's <laughs> you know, his the name? the old guy. The old guy. I bet he's a guy is that people know. Pierce Brosnan, was it? No. No, but it kind of looks like him. Timothy Dalton, the other the other white meat. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, the cast looked good. Three seasons. Clearly someone rates it, but I don't know. <sighs> Mark Shepard's in it for eight, eight episodes. Was it the first eight episodes? Oh, I don't know. No. I, don't re- I don't remember him, so maybe he's later no. on. I don't remember him either. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to go back to that one, just, just a heads up. No, that's um, fine. So they were my kind of board scanning for something, a, a little hidden gem of, of stuff, and I feel like I'm still yet to stumble across <laughs> the hidden gem. Um, still waiting. Yeah. So that was that. And then we get on to the, the stuff that is super fun to talk about. So, uh, and, you know, starting probably at the bottom of the list. So I finished Witcher. Mm-hmm. Season, maybe season two now. Season two, yep. How was it? I have not started. Look, I didn't expect it to finish when it did. I was kind of waiting for the next episode. So it, okay. it does kind of leave you there. I'm so glad they pissed off a lot of the bouncing around in time stuff. They yeah, kind I of heard that was a lot less. So There's much still less. some, yeah. Yeah, but it, but the, it's clear, like it's obvious that they're doing flashbacks or flash forward or whatever the fuck okay. they're flashing around. Um, probably the piece that is confusing or, you know, the piece I noticed was it starts to get a little Game of Thronesy in that everything's all these different stories that we're starting to see are coming together and you're mm-hmm. trying and they start talking about characters I'm like, wait, who is that? And where do they come from? And yeah. and where is this, which country are you from? Are you from the good guys or the North or the bad guys or Sintra or this? So it, it just, it starts getting a little bit complex in the, the plot that's going on and it starts being about the global politics and it starts being about mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. Um, and that's probably the hardest bit to follow. Like I feel I did the recap before I started watching and it was not enough. I need a bigger recap. Okay. Um, need a recap for the recap. Yeah. I need, I need a, like a, a deep dive for a mm-hmm. recap. Um, but it, it's almost one of those where you want the reference sheet next to it to go, wait, where are you from and what's going on? Um, cool ideas. Really. I mean, maybe some very obvious you know, tackling of the topic of racism. Like, let's just back that off a little bit, guys. Um, maybe it was necessary. I don't know. It got it got a little bit, a little bit heavy. Um, ultimately, it, it does what it says in the tin. Henry Cavill's still good. There's there's still a lot of monster slaying and and angry Excellent. witches. There's there are more angry witches this time round. Um, there is still. I mean, you don't have the same kind of get stuck in your head for weeks on end as you do from from toss a coin to your witcher but mm-hmm. there is still some banging tunes from the bard um sorry by all accounts good 
just a little bit. It's, it's starting to get a little bit deep into the world. And that's probably the piece where you don't have the time issue that you had last season. You've now got this complexity issue. Um, okay. Well worth, well worth powering through though. It's on the list. Um, the next one. And again, coming out on Disney plus, I love this whole coming back to streaming relatively quickly after the cinematic release. So I spent yeah, a whole evening because it required a whole evening watching Eternals. Thoughts? And, and I didn't know what to expect. So not a, a sort of a story or a bunch of characters that I knew anything about mm-hmm. moving, uh, before I started. Reviews were super, you know, dark yeah. on the movie, to be fair. Like he got slammed. Um because it's the first Marvel movie, which is not like kind of a popcorn film. Yes. Um, I look. I actually think it's been given a pretty bad rap. I by the end of it, I feel it didn't feel like a Marvel movie. I feel like the the, the mm. MCU and even the TV series ha- are starting to really hit their stride on the tempo. The, you know, it's kind of that mix of action and banter and kind of the, the little quips and stuff in amongst stuff, but it keeps this kind of pace. Um, this didn't have that at yep. all. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where people probably felt it was slow um, because it did get, it got slammed for being a really, and it was long. It was a decent effort. Two and a half It's about hours. that, yeah. maybe a bit less. Um, but I actually, I, I really thought that it felt deliberate though. It felt considered. I think, you know, there were times there where they did, they paused, they slowed down stuff. Um, but it seemed like it was intentional. It was actually Mm -hmm. for a reason. It wasn't just because the movie was dragging because we had to cram more shit in. Um, yeah, I thought the same actually. I felt it was actually really well paced but it just wasn't the same pace that you would get from a Marvel movie. It had a different feel to it, and yet it was still the same sort of superheroes that you've seen before. So it was like it wasn't a Marvel film, definitely wasn't a DC film. No. It was just – it was its own entity. No. And, look, I am am a big one for, um, you know, the, the old school Kung Fu films, step one, but you know, they're kind of that move into Asian cinema when things like Jet Li's hero became good and house of flying dragons became mm-hmm. big and that kind of stuff. And I actually feel like this had more of that kind of feel in some instances okay. where it was about kind of these big grand kind of rather than lots of explosions and excitement and stuff yeah. happening. It was about the, the space. I really liked the, the, just the real casual diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, between characters, the fact that there was, you know, a hero there with a disability, that it was just, it, was, it wasn't a thing. We didn't yeah. focus on it. There was homosexuality. There was this real androgynous kind of, you know, junior character it, and just none of it was an issue. Mm-hmm. Like it was just part of their story. It wasn't something that we were really making a, a song and dance about. No. I thought that was super cool. Um, I... Uh, they still didn't pull any punches when it came to, you know, just, just, you know, going the, the George R. R. Martin on people either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the character arcs were believable. Um, it made sense. Like 
it wasn't necessarily a surprise surprise, but because what was it? There were nine to start off with, yeah, and they ten. they were all different characters. They all like they were all Eternals, but mm-hmm. they all felt different. They had different powers. They had different personality traits. It was... um, yeah, I as I said, I actually it didn't feel like a Marvel movie. Um, two and a half hours is a long time to pay attention to anything, um, but it felt about right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what how much you would cut down without losing the the real deliberate pace of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that, like, I totally agree. Like I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd be in a hurry to go back and watch it, but there were a couple of things that they did extremely well. Like you said, the diversity. Um, I felt like that film had a better flash than the flash that we've seen in DC. (laughs) Like the, I forget her name, but the the character that could move really quickly, the scenes where she did that were insanely well done. And, and it actually showed the the strength of the power. Like mm-hmm. it, it showed where that could outdo, you know, the stronger people, the, the the other stuff. I feel like it actually did give each of the and I actually really liked that there were some there in the the in that Eternals group with superpowers that were not combat focused. Mm-hmm. They weren't yes. there to, to belt someone. There was actually someone there who was fundamentally about um, you know, building stuff. Yep. And yes, you can absolutely use that in uh, you know a confrontation, but that's not its primary purpose. Yes. Um, I, I feel like some of those kind of the the mind controlly guy, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole illusiony, um, trickstery kind of role. Yeah. Again, lots of lots of it just more diversity than I think we've seen in a lot of movies, not just, you know, the obvious diversity piece, but just the, the fact that we're seeing heroes that are not your standard hero archetypes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I actually really, the, the special effects were good. Yep. The animation in it was good. Um, yeah, I, I'm probably not going to go back and watch it a second time in a hurry. But I tend, if I'm going to watch something a second time, it's because I want bubblegum. And I feel like for a superhero movie, this was actually a lot less bubblegummy. No, definitely. Um, The only only thing that I had that that kind of took me out of it a little bit was the love triangle. It kind of did my head in a bit because you've got the guy that played Jon Snow. Yep. And the guy that played Rob Stark. Yep. Both in a love triangle with a character named Cersei. Yeah, look, that that kind of hurt. And then, but it wasn't even a triangle, right? There's almost a there's an extra mm. hypotenuse in there. Um, oh, that's true. Which is which is a little bit fun. I, I actually I did really like, particularly from that character, the way that they showed them influencing history and popular culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that whole concept of, oh, wait, the story of Peter Pan and that you invented, right? Mm-hmm. I see what's yes. going on here. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of those little pieces that they slot in, um, you know, the the moment with what's-his-face, the inventor, and he's, he's probably my biggest gripe. I can't remember any of the characters' bloody names. Um, yeah. 
which there's a big cast. Pharaohs, Pharaohs. Pharaoh, there was Fana, Athena, because it wasn't was quite Athena. Athena. Yeah, um, it was Athena, there was Druig, Icarus, Cersei. Uh, what was the thing? The young girl's name? Pixie? No. Something along those lines. Uh, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. But this is it. I have to think about mm. it. Um, and I knew during the movie and they, they talked about them and I knew who they were talking about and that was fine, but it was just probably, you know, it's probably yeah. some concerning thing if I can't remember it. There's something not quite there. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, it's 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 not the movie I expected from MCU. Um, yeah. Sprite. As a, Sprite, thank yes. you. Had not to look MC. it up though. Yeah. It's um, close. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was, as a not different. I'm not screaming to, to row back and watch it again, but I really don't think it deserved what it got. No, no, <laughs> I don't think it did either. Um, so that's Eternals. And then the last one, and I've definitely saved my favorite to last. <laughs> I have started and I was up to date up until tonight. Um, but I've started on Peacemaker. Now, I have watched the first episode. And I mean, the, the word that came to mind when I thought of it after watching it was stupid. Like, it's just such a stupid show. Absolutely. But it's stupid in a good way. And I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good stupid. It's not, And I look, I really struggle with you know, a lot of the really kind of crass, crude, humory, stupid stuff. I, it, I just can't quite get into it. Like uh, there are a lot of very popular American comedians that I just find annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, this is stupid, but it's entertainingly stupid. Um, just... It, if nothing else, the entire thing is worth it for the intro credits. Yes. <laughs> the intro <laughs> credits are something else. It is next level amazing. Um, but I, I was surprised. I, I honestly wasn't expecting a lot, you know, no. going in, going, you know, John Cena, Peacemaker, how's this going to go down? Really well. <laughs> really good. The casting is, is on point. The characters make sense. They're they're just, it's this really fun kind of dysfunctional, super highly qualified kind of group. Yep. Um, I dig it. I am definitely going to continue watching on because I I think it's just been the, the, the lack of energy that I've been feeling recently that has not had me staying up too late after work recently. But I watched that first episode and, and like the way that ended too with him just sitting there in the car park. I was just I need to I need to see more of this. Yeah. And look, it it scales up. Okay. Um, <laughs> You're all right, good. It's, it's <laughs> okay. so good. Um and it yeah, I trying again, trying not to give anything away, but it just it keeps that same feel it keeps the same kind of pace it keeps that same you know lightheartedness but i actually think and i'm what three episodes in now it's actually starting to to give me some empathy for the character of peacemaker that john cena is playing so it's actually doing this nice little thing underneath the, the stupid where you go 
he's not a bad dude. He's an idiot, sure, but he kills I can people. See, I to can see bring peace. Yeah, like stupid, <laughs> but not fundamentally a bad dude. And mm. I'm really confused about why I'm starting to not dislike this character. It's that kind of piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's also good that the entire cast of Orange Is the New Black founder got another job. Um, <laughs> That's 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 a winner there, um, but no, rate it. Absolutely, it's so much fun. Um, so, and that's actually that's the one the wife is on board too. She's oh yeah, she's like no, okay. we're watching this one together. Okay. so she's it's it's good. The soundtrack's a banger too. And the that eagle. <laughs> and it keeps going. It just it just keeps being there. It's not useful. <laughs> just. <laughs> It's just around. Okay. Um, it's the best. I love oh, it. Dear. Um, so, yeah, that is my number one pick at the moment. Peacemaker, get on board. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, I continued on uh, with Entourage and I have finished watching all eight seasons now and the movie. And I remember kind of why I didn't have season eight. Anywhere on DVD. Uh, that bad. It's not It's not its finest moment. <laughs> so, but it, it's funny. It, Entourage is that one. It's one of those shows that I just, I find really easy to watch. The characters are all likable. Even the asshole manager guy is fundamentally likable. And even when they're having their bad episodes, they, they know how to hit you in the feels. So, you know, you're still getting emotionally attached to these people, which is, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And this was the second time I've seen the movie. I saw it when it came out on Mm Blu-ray. Pretty sure it was a straight-to-Blu-ray thing. Uh, And I remember watching it going, that was okay. But I think I I enjoyed it a lot more this time. Uh, So I did finish that, which was cool. That was my, I mean, that was my go-to watch while painting thing because I'd seen it and could have it on in the background very easily. The next TV series that I kind of watched was The Silent Sea, which is on Netflix. Again, I'm chasing that sort of Squid Game high. Mm. It's got one of the guys from Squid Game in it, like a minor character from Squid Game is in it as one of the main characters. The premise is that Earth has been basically dried up there's no water water is the commodity and every everybody gets like an allocated amount depending on their usefulness to society sort of thing uh and there's been this sort of accident five years ago that nobody talks about on a station on the moon and so they send up this team to basically gather all the information that they can that's that's the premise. In actual fact, this team of astronauts goes up and they, they discover that this f- place on the moon had discovered something called lunar water, which is which basically was water that keeps replicating itself. Seems so, useful. Yeah, when it when it comes into contact with a living being. So, you know, they, they 
couple of drops on a fish, for example, the fish would keep replicating the water and create more water. On a human, not so much a good idea because the water came from inside and the, the person would end up drowning in a matter of minutes. Um, but fish, interest, useful. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So, you know, they got the whole idea that lunar water would save all the problems on Earth. Uh, however, there is obviously the, the danger to human life as well. And, you know, it was a typical sci-fi sort of series and kind of ended at a weird point and was just a bit bizarre. I had lots of aspects of, you know, your typical sci-fi tropes, like there were scenes from aliens in there, for example. Uh, there weren't any aliens, but, you know, those typical scenes were there. And it was, I don't know, like I, I kind of enjoyed watching it and didn't at the same time. And again, not something I'd go back and watch if they bring out a season two, not necessarily something I'd be in a hurry to see, but it filled in some time. There's a review for you. Yeah. It filled in some it time. It filled in some time. And at, at, you know, this time of the year, this time of the pandemic, like, you know, is that all you need? Probably not. But some anyway. days. <laughs> uh I will move on from that and I'll go into a couple of movies. So Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. I watched it. Actually, the wife tuned in for most of it and she watched it too. Mm. Have you seen the first one? Not all the way through. Yeah, look, the banter between Venom and Tom Hardy is really quite entertaining but also not really in character with Venom so much. So it's, it's kind of this weird film that sort of is but isn't the character that it's portraying. And Let There Be Carnage, Woody Harrelson is Carnage. And he plays so he, a good bad guy. He I, does play a good bad guy, but it's very typical. Like Crazy it was like, yeah, it was like I was watching Natural Born Killers in some points. Mm-hmm. He's done it before. And if it, look, the things that this one had going for it was, first of all, it's not Venom versus Venom the second. You know, the mm-hmm. first Venom film was Venom against another, the symbiote that looked kind of the same and was a very yeah. boring battle. This one was Venom against a red symbiote. So, I mean, he's a different colour. So he's a different colour, so it was a bit easier to follow. Um, but yeah, look, it's, again, it passed the time. All right, so we're not hurrying to that one no, either. No, we're not hurrying to that one either. I mean, it, it, probably the most interesting point of the movie itself was the end credit scene, where <laughs> the end credit scene for Venom runs into the end credit scene for No Way Home. Yeah, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, it was... Oh, speaking of end credit scene, did you watch the one from Eternals? Yep. Yep. Which, spoilers, guys, guys, spoilers. I'm not going to put it at the start because this really... It's an end credit. You can Google it. Yeah. Um, Star Fox. Oh, yeah, that one. Did you see the other one as well? Uh, maybe. Hang on. 
What was the other one? Uh, the Kit Harrington one. <gasps> yes. Yes. The blade. That's that's more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm actually really curious to see if they do something with that character. Yeah. Well, you heard the voice telling him not to. Yes. Do you know who the voice was? No, I wasn't sure. The blade. I could. Um... So considering that there is a Blade film in development, <gasps> it is very possible that they do the do Benny, something. She drops. Yes. Um. So him reaching for a sword, which is meant to be like the counterpart to like the the black to the white of Excalibur sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it, that whole concept of, yeah. of the the black sword. I look, I, I got that. I thought mm-hmm. that was that was kind of interesting. I just wasn't sure if that actually go anywhere with it, yeah. and I couldn't pick the voice, and that's what threw me. I'm like, yeah, I had to I had to look that up because, and it has been confirmed by the director that it was. Guy, and it's the same guy that's playing Blade in the new film. And if you mean they're recasting Blade, I know Wait. it's not. It's not Wesley anymore. <laughs> it's not Blade. Um, but right, uh, that it'd be interesting. That... Yeah, because the the character superhero vigilante. I don't. I don't know the character well enough, but is called Black Knight, mm-hmm. and his real name was Dale. Whitman or whatever yep. that character's name was. So it's something I, did, I didn't pick up on during the watching because I didn't know the characters. So No, it was right at that last point in the movie where he said something along the lines of, oh, my family history is a bit yes. more complicated. Mm. You're like, okay, you're there's going, something okay. here. There's something here. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's infinitely because, to be honest, the, six, the Star Fox piece was a little bit goofy and it kind mm-hmm. of didn't have the same. And the fact that it's, what's his name? Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? Star Fox is a bit of a douche anyway, so it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, uh, but it, it was—you had this really kind of not serious, but you know, almost serious, deliberate, considered movie, and then this kind of almost Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. kind of moment right at the end that just felt out of Drunk kilter with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit weird. Um, Anywho, here we are. Anywho, yep. Uh, so that was Venom 2. The other movies that I watched was I went on a bit of a binge and I watched the Matrix movies. So I started all of them, all, of them, all four of them. I started at number one and then I went Happy to number days. two Ooh. and then I went to number three. Oh, I'm sorry. And then I went to number four. Ooh. Yeah, so so what is it? Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, Revolutions, Revolutions, Matrix Resurrections. Yes. So uh, a little bit of an analogy if you want to have an image in your head. Let's just say there's a hill Mm -hmm. and Matrix is at the top of the hill. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you slowly start rolling down the hill and you get to reloaded. Yep. You're rolling a bit further down that hill. We hit a couple of rocks. We yep. go through some bushes of, start, you know, we fall off a bit of a cliff. Yeah, it's, Somebody it's kicks you a couple of times. It's not good. Yeah, so you're rolling further and further down that hill and you get to revolutions. Yeah. And then after revolutions, there's a big fucking cliff and oh, fuck. <laughs> Resurrections is right down the fucking bottom. Oh, fuck. I did not enjoy it. Look, 
it, I was curious to see where they went and I'd heard that they kind of tied it in to the whole idea behind the matrix. Well, but I mean, there was one scene which really just sort of summed it up to me. And that's basically like the way they tie it in is matrix is a thing again. Okay. People are still stuck in the matrix and they're still living these lives that they think they're living, but they're not, they're batteries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thomas Anderson is a world famous computer game designer Mm -hmm. who made this trilogy of games called the matrix. Oh God. Yep. Which, you know, you see cutscenes of the matrix games and they are cutscenes from the first three films. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, he thinks this is all just something he dreamed up. He's like, not quite sure. Like he's seeing a therapist and, and all the rest of it. And he's still struggling with the whole, identity or whatever his boss who is i forget his name but he is basically somebody smith uh comes to him one day and says look we need to make a sequel to your games our parent company this is pretty much quote for quote our parent company comma warner brothers comma is going to make this sequel with or without us and I'm like, oh dear. So does it, it like, is that kind of code to say that they rushed this thing out with the people involved in the first ones so that it was theirs and not somebody else's? I don't know. But is it is it an overly, you know, trying to be clever yeah. reference to the fact this could be a real life thing and we could yeah, all be, and exactly. we're trying to we're trying to get you to that because again that first matrix movie i walked out of and i was physically touching things to make sure they yeah. were there like that i feel like it's it's an attempt to try and get back to that to get you that that whole disbelief in the world around me did not do that yeah. and then you know it was like i don't want to give too much away in case somebody wants to go and see it but like don't don't from what i'm hearing um there are characters in it that were in the other films that don't seem to be like the characters that were in the other films mm-hmm. there are robots or machines, let's say, that are in this film that are updated CGI that look worse than the original trilogy fit robots. Um, it just. So what I'm hearing is there was no uh, resurrection. They I have did, not. I, I did not like it. I can't. I can't say that I did because I did not like it. <laughs> look, it was it was always a gamble. Let's be honest, and you know mm. that whole cleverer than everyone else kind of approach that, that the movie started to go down honestly didn't didn't really fly well with me anyway. No. Um, so I, mean, I was always a little bit nervous. The ending of this one kind of even flies in the face of the original storyline anyway. It's like, I just, I, no, no. Well, now we know better. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing that I have been watching, the last one that I'll talk about, is the Book of Boba Fett. And the first thing that I really want to say, we're up to episode four. Mm -hmm. For God's sake, calm your dicks, people. Like, 
really the amount of hate that I am seeing online about this show and even that I am getting in conversations with my friends. I haven't seen ridiculous. it. So ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Hold on two secs. Right. There we go. I'm preparing my throat. Um, That's what I like about you. Come prepared. <laughs> Lubricate up when needed. I'm I'm seeing a lot of hate. I'm seeing a lot of they should have left him lie. It takes away the mystery of the character. Blah 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 blah. We're four episodes into a seven episode series. Like mm-hmm. they they have been setting things up in episodes that they will obviously finish up by the end of it. Have a bit of faith. Watch the whole fucking thing if you want to. Don't watch the thing. I don't care. Like, there's no skin off my nose. But don't complain about things because you haven't seen where they're taking them. <laughs> like, just irritates the hell out of me. I, for one, am fully enjoying it. It's okay. easy watching. It's like a bit of fun. I don't care that... Boba is now an old guy with actual backstory and history. You know that was was he only a likable character because we knew nothing about him, so he could be that's anything what we some wanted of the, to be. This is what some of the articles are saying, and that he was a, a sort of a buffoon who got himself killed in the stupidest way possible in Return of the Jedi, and that's his charm. Hmm. I don't mm. think so. Look, I I'm really loving it. I'm episode three had one of my favorite actors in the world as a person, and I know this for a fact because I've met them uh, pop up totally unexpected to me, and I was just like, as soon as I saw her, I saw him on screen, I was like, yay! Um, and then episode four is pretty much about Boba getting his ship back. And I had this fairly lengthy conversation with a, with a customer today about this amongst other things. But um, one thing I noticed in the episode is that he calls his ship his fire spray, which is technically correct. The fire spray is the type of ship that it is, but like, it's really obvious that Disney are completely getting rid of the name Slave One in any way, shape, or form, which is kind of disappointing. Understandable, but disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, no one's really surprised by this. No. But, uh, look, it was so, fun. I enjoyed it. it. I got to see Slave One drop one of those fucking depth charges that, that just with like the only decent thing about Attack of the Clones when they went off in space and they're just the sudden silence and then the just boom of when they explode. So, all right, let, let's take a step back. So I I am not by any stretch of the imagination a super Star Wars buff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch the movie, especially the original three. Like let's, it, it, and I've watched the rest, or most of the rest. I haven't actually, I don't think I'm up to date. Not important. Not important. Um, <laughs> Some I of feel, them, yes. Like Rogue like... One. Have you seen Rogue One? Yes. Rogue One is probably one of the better ones out of all of them. That was the first one where they returned Luke Skywalker as 
No, no, no. no. That was uh, Force Awakens. Rogue One yeah. is set just before New Hope, and it's the story of how the a group of people get the plans for the Death Star. Off. Oh yes, no, totally yeah. seen that too. Yeah, cool. um, totally, totally seen it, and it was memorable. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> obviously. <laughs> So, all right, that, that's some context. Um, Mandalorian, I eventually mm-hmm. watched and actually thoroughly enjoyed. And I feel like it was because it was actually a really good story and a yep. really good character mm-hmm. that just happened to be in the Star Wars universe. Yep. Um, honestly, never fully understood the Boba Fett infatuation that a lot of people have, given that he was kind of this weird sort of, you know, third you know, right character in the movie that didn't really do a whole heap. Didn't really. No, he didn't. He story. didn't do much. Like he, no, but was, he was cool. He looked cool. Like I've always absolutely always the char- liked the, the bad guys better. The and costuming he, is cool. Yes. The, the the general concept of him cool, and he, he didn't really have enough of a part in the movies to have something to dislike. Yes. Apart from getting eaten. Um, yes. So I remember I mean, taking such offenses of that as a kid that the Sarlacc actually belched after <laughs> Boba Fett, my favorite character, going down. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I mean, I suppose that that's kind of the context from where I'm coming from, and what I'm hoping is Book of Boba is actually more like The Mandalorian mm-hmm. in that they have to address connecting it to the movie somehow right you've got to kind of throw that in but i'm actually hoping it's just more about fleshing out this character and making it a character rather than just pandering to to Mm. fanboys that you know that that's kind of where i'm hoping it's pretty much that like right really what it is is stop your bitching uh, you've seen Mandalorian season two, obviously. You saw this yep. ep- uh, the shot at the end of Mandalorian, like the mm-hmm. post credit scene where Boba Fett goes up to Jabba's old palace. Yep. Okay, and takes the throne. This mm-hmm. is that. So it's pretty much Boba trying to be a better Jabba. Yep. A better gangster without being the gangster. So it's sort of running the town but not through fear, but through a bit of force maybe, but just he doesn't want to be a bounty hunter. He wants to be his own man. Yeah. Look, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I I haven't got around to it yet, but it's on the to-do list one day. Um, It's, it's interesting. And like, so you've got this whole him trying to, weave his way around sort of gangster politics, let's say. But you've also got him trying to heal himself because, I mean, A, he starts off in the Sarlacc pit, really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, first episode, you have a lot of scenes in the first couple of episodes where he is sitting in a, lying in a back to tank, regenerating his, you know, himself, getting his skin better, getting you know back to a hundred percent because, you know, he's been on Tatooine for a while, and he's been in the stomach of a sarlacc pit. And every time he's in this tank, he's having flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So, first episode all about him escaping the sarlacc and 
what happens to him after that. And then it continues on. It's always a bit of history. And it's, it, it, that history is making him into the character that he is now rather than the character he was in the films. Okay. So we're actually progressing, which is kind yes. of cool. It's not because, it, you know, the other the other danger I was worried about is, is it a history of everything up until the movies? Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of a, I don't know, yeah. it could be okay, but. I wouldn't mind seeing some sort of empire type memories from him. I mean, there's been a couple of flashbacks where you see him as a kid. So sort of attack of the clones type time, but. For the most part, those flashbacks have all been set after Return of the Jedi. Okay. So I'm enjoying it. Look, what can I say? I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm not taking it too seriously. I'm not worrying about the Power Rangers colors that the speeder bikes had in there's, episode there's three. There's a lot of that bouncing around, isn't there? There is. There's a lot of hate. There is so much hate for this show going around. And, and look, I'm... I feel like it was it was always a danger with mm-hmm. this show, with this character, with this everything, that there is this really kind of, you know, unbridled enthusiasm that someone was not going to be happy with what you did no matter what you did. There are there are distinct levels of let's say fanboys that will create fuss about this is not the way I have it in my head Mm -hmm. and will be very outspoken about it. For Star Wars, that group tends to be so much bigger than anything else. Uh, Maybe it's because of the whole Star Wars fan base. Maybe it's still the same sort of percentage. But with Star Wars, you just, you hear the bitching so much more. Yeah, and look, it's honestly, the other half of that is the bandwagoning that comes with it because you have a a group that fundamentally feel like this and then you have a a much larger group, I think, of people who really like bitching and really like mocking things and really like a bandwagon. Yeah. So it's just, you know, everybody onto the pile. Look, and thing is for me, like, seriously, if you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't want to watch it, that's up to you. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to take I you might. down. Yeah, look, yeah, Jay's might, but I'm not going to. Uh, but like, yeah, just the amount of people that get upset about something that is like a couple of minutes in a scene and is obviously more to come. There's more to that story than, you know, just that five minutes, for example. It's fucking... If you're going to make a judgment, make a judgment when you've seen the whole lot, really. It's all I'm going to say. I'm not being informed. I won't stand for this. <sighs> I want informed judgments. I just want to... Bitch so, about things on the internet. Thank you. Look, if you want to bitch about things about on the internet, there are plenty of free spots on our Facebook group where you can bitch about us. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Please. I want to have that fight. <laughs> I haven't had a good internet fight for a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that's it from me. Um, you got anything else you want to add? No, that's that's about all I have to say about everything. Yeah. Well, before we go, I do want to shout out again. Painting competition going Absolutely. to the end of February. Black, white, two colors of your choice. Mix away to make other colors. And paint whatever you want. We're, we're having a bit of fun with it. I'm enjoying it so far. I've seen some progress shots, which is good, but, you know, 
There are yep. prizes, people. There yep, are prizes be... to be given away. Like, jump on board if you've got nothing better to do. If you've got some hobby mojo, which currently is low on my self, but uh, jump on yep. board, have a bit of fun, join us. I'm I'm super keen to see what some people come out with. You know, just I really enjoy any any of those kind of events that give you some restrictions on what you mm-hmm. can and can't do. I actually find you know the bits that are enabling. Like if you give me everything in the world to choose from, I die of analysis paralysis. <laughs> so you know you, you start pulling those those things back and, and restricting what I can do. I'm I'm on board. Still don't know what the fuck I'm painting, but I'm <laughs> definitely on board. Um. So that is step one of the things you can get involved in. Step two. Perhaps ooh, even more baby. importantly. Ooh, baby. Um, thoughtless Bowl. So 5th of February, throw the dice. Blood Bowl 7s. We're, what, half full at this point in time? Uh, over. We have We have 20 possible spots. We have a definite 11 and what's looking like an almost certain 12. True. So, so spots are filling. It's going to be a fun-ass day. Um, I'm, I'm super keen, uh, super humped to, 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 you know, get, get some people playing some Blood Bowl, watch the stupidity that is, you know, sevens rock out. Uh, and it should be super cruisy. Like no one's playing for sheep stations. It's going to be nice and nice and relaxed. Get some people, new people into the game, which is really what it's all about. Um, and just get, get some games being played and, and being involved in kind of a tournament event kind of scene. Just, just the atmosphere, just, just kind of getting there with a bunch of people pumped to play the same game. I'm, I'm, Oh, I can feel it. Um, <laughs> We're excited. God, We're big kids excited. It is, yeah, it is in my waters. Um, so beyond that, so they're the two things you can definitely get involved in. All of the information I, I will link to, it's on Facebook. There are events, just just let us know. Get involved, sign up, heckle in, in the, the Facebook oh, yeah. groups. And then finally, um, just, you know, how you, how you can, the other way you can get involved, I suppose, if you do want to get involved even further, a um, couple of things. So you can purchase things with our little, little friendly Thoughtless Casual Gaming logo on it um, via Spreadshirt. There's a world of things you can purchase. It's incredible uh, the amount of variety they've got on there. Oh, it's silly. You can get so many things. Um, so I, I would love to see the most creative, ridiculous thing that somebody decides to put the logo on because you can pretty much bang it on whatever the hell you want. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's TCG Merkins kicking around. Um, Do we so want to see those? I absolutely <laughs> Uh, All right. I will not stand for it. Um, so you can do that. Um, Brett's still doing a fair amount of uh, streaming on the Twitches. I am. I've been doing a little bit recently. I've had uh, a couple of games. Um, ironically enough, two games that I recently played, I used the same tagline because I could. Uh, I played a game called Firewatch, which is all sort of a, a storyline game about you know, you being in a tower, watching a national park, looking out for signs of fire. I really, I really dug that. Like, it was interesting. For a while. Yeah, it was, it was... It, the story hooked me. Mm. Like, I was, I was actually super keen to see what happened and how it was going to play out. That was yeah, groovy. Really easy. And then the other one I played was Ember, which is kind of like a, a multi 
player like uh, you know f- not Fortnite, but like very cartoony game uh, yeah, where you are all firefighters I was getting old school Nintendo Wii vibes. Yeah, um, like that sort of that sort of graphics, and you you're playing a firefighter, and you're going to go into houses and rescue things and shit like that. Um, I just like the fact that I could use the, the tagline "fire!" exclamation mark Fire! exclamation <laughs> mark Hope to hear from you soon. Sincerely, Moss. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like doing a bit more on Twitch, and God knows when Rainbow is up and running i will definitely be doing some on that nice um and then beyond that if you really want to get involved uh patreon yep that is the other thing join us on the patreons throw us a bit of dosh we will use that dosh to buy prizes for everyone and include you in the prize drawers automatically um and the other thing I was going to say, I, I haven't run this past year yet, but the even the painting competition, mm-hmm. I reckon we're going to have one prize, which is for all entries plus Patreons get an entry. Yep. So I like it. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Um, and you know, there is all kinds of of levels that you can pledge to. So you know, it's yeah. very much you know, there's options there. Uh, super appreciated to to everyone. Uh, you know. Who who is who, happy to support us? Happy is maybe the wrong term. Willing, <laughs> um, uh, but you know the, the goal there is to to definitely give back as much as we possibly can. Oh yeah, look, all that money is going straight into prizes and all sorts of stuff that we guys uh, we're trying to do for you. So it's a hundred percent of those funds are going back to you guys. Uh, we don't need them. Yeah, we're we're happy to keep as amateur as we are. <laughs> And we hope that's that's part of the the rustic charm that you enjoy. Um. So yeah, Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, Twitch, Patreon, Twidbean. There it is. Pornhub, <laughs> whatever you want to follow us on. Only please fans. Do. Yeah, get involved, guys. That's all I've got today. Anyway, that's um, it from me, and that's it from him, and it's from them. And maybe from us. That's a that's a very old throwback, which you might be too young for. It's good night <gasps> for me, and it's good night from him. Good night. On that note, good night. Laters. Yes, you will.